0: Awesome. Right. So, Hugo, we had a discussion about two weeks ago, and we talked about pre-match prep. What I want to do now is going forward to a match day. Talk me through what happens, what your plan is for when
1: you arrive at the ground. Do, do you know what? It's... Um, it's not much you do, really. I mean, I get out of the car, come in, and I you see who's around. And, um, you know, from my point of view, it's pretty much everything that needs to be discussed has been discussed. There might be that, you know, you sit like, uh, you know, for like the last couple of games, for example, I'd sit with Dale in the office and we'd just talk about a couple of possible outcomes or some things that might happen. And if it happens what we should do or if we feel that a player, you know, might start to uh tire after sixty minutes what we might do. So we just, just to give ourselves just a few ideas. But do you know what? I mean I you know, there's a players arrive you you kind of go around them, you shake hands with them, you, you kind of try and relax them a little bit. Um but it's nothing, you know, most most of your work's done done before then, during the week and stuff. So, you know, you just try to I suppose Keep it quite calm. The players obviously had their music on, and they had their laughs and their jokes. Mm. Um, then obviously, you know, we we give the the team to well, it has been Barry to, to write out so we can take it to the ref and swap team sheets. But so normally, I do a team talk normally around about if it's on a Saturday, for example, I'll do it at one forty-five. So then you know we just go through a few things, just a few reminders. Then they'll, then they'll obviously they'll go out and warm up as well. Which obviously lately's been with Dale.
0: So, what in terms
1: of a normal Saturday home game? What what time do the players arrive? They have to be in the changing room at one thirty. Phones oh. off, unless someone's playing music on the Bluetooth. But yeah, anything after one thirty, the captain obviously is there with his fines book. Um, uh-huh. So they've had, all, they had all, all morning to get there, so they've got, no, they've got no excuse to be late. It's a little bit different on midweek games. You've got to allow a little bit of leeway uh, because obviously some people, it's not as so straightforward them just to get out of work when they want, uh, particularly when you play away at places like Enfield on a Tuesday night or, or even at home for some of the players that work in London. You know, There's always some things that are perhaps out of their control. You give a little bit of a leeway on that, but I think is a cut-off point for me. So if it's a, it's a if it's a Tuesday night game, and if they're not in the team talk, then it's difficult to consider them to start because they haven't been in the team talk. And so, what that means is that they, because their their thinking's rushed, and and, and everything's rushed, um, they may not be that well prepared. So, but the players are aware of that. In your time, you've you've had obviously a lot of time in in
0: dressing rooms before games. Has there been any standout, really, really appalling excuses
1: someone's used for turning up late? No, not not, not really. People are, tend to be honest, you know. Like One thing, like in our changing room at Louis, you know, there's, there's three key rules that the players have to live by and one of them is to always be honest all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and that's, that includes me to them as well. It's not just the players, it's, it's the way that we are. And, and I can tell if somebody's telling the, the truth or not. Well I think most of us can, can't we? Yeah. Um but no, they've all it's it's usually because it's it's usually traffic or a traffic yeah. running rate, you know. So it's it's, not, it's nothing I can't think of anything. I mean, I know there's been players that have gone to the wrong grounds and things like that, you know. Uh, this has happened. I've yeah. had players I, met, I can't remember who it was now, I think it might have been at Ashford a long time ago. There's a player who thought we were playing away when we were at home, and it wasn't you know, it wasn't a wasn't nearby. It was like the other, side so like, like an Essex or somewhere, mm. so given to Essex, when we're playing at home. But I, I did a, a thing with um, Roger last week about some
0: of the funny things I remember. And Nathan, when he was at Short Dean last year, turned up for a home game when they were away at Selsey. Right. Um, now, obviously, Selzy's not round the corner, no. No, it's and not. he's the goalkeeper, so you, you can get away with it a little bit if it's a uh, you know anyone else on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the funniest ones where well, it wasn't it was a, a situation where and it was earlier on this season and it was a home game and a particular player who's no longer with the club left his boots on a train well, so that, then went back to get the boots and obviously you know we're trying to keep up with him and he's saying, Yeah, I'm in a cab, I'm in a cab, I should get there for three o'clock. So it's like, okay, do you put me in the starting eleven or not? So we gambled, we put me in the starting eleven. Um, he got to the ground literally as the referee was. Oh, the line I was checking um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. rings and things like that. So he, he got dressed super quick. Four minutes into the game, he came off injured.
1: There you go. Yeah, you've just backed my yeah. point up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not He just literally got out of his car. Yeah, and pulled his <laughs> hamstring. <laughs> Basically. <yeah.
0: laughs> So in terms of, you talk about the captain in the dressing room and the fine yeah. but what what other role does the captain have off the pitch?
1: Well, do you know what I mean? Obviously, I've worked with so many different characters and captains that they all bring different things to the changing room. You know, some some that I've worked with in the past are very strong alpha male characters, big personalities, but they manage their dressing room really really well. So, but you know, with with Hamo for example, we can talk about him because he's mm-hmm. my captain. Hamo's, you know he obviously has a clear respect of the players, but you know he he manages to change them well in his own way, but the key thing that that all you, you want from your captain, and Hamo does this very well is that they reinforce they reinforce the manager's message, you know so there's no like for example, there's no leniency on any of our rules um, mm. the rules that I have for the players. Um, but yeah, it's generally like most of them most of them don't do the fines, funnily enough, but but Hamo does. Yeah. um obviously in, in WhatsApp groups and things like that, a lot of what he says goes um but yeah they they just you're just looking for the, your captain as opposed to just reinforce your messages to to look after the changing room and just to help also with the younger players as well, you know, and that's on and off the pitch you know? yeah. so, um and, and to be fair, Hamo does it very very well uh, but right. it, it's, it's it's varied from changing room to changing room um, you, you yeah. don't go in and say. I expect my captain to do this. I think when you're when you are the captain, you know that you've got a bit of added responsibility anyway, because you've been chosen to captain the side for a reason. Yeah, and people generally stand up to it. But I, I've always been one of these people when I've chosen a captain, it doesn't always have to be the most dominant character. Sometimes I I, I have often given it to younger players who have you can see will lift themselves to another level by having. I'm the captain, I'm the skipper, mm-hmm. and it brings out more in them, you know, and it, it, it just accelerates their own personal development on and off the pitch as well. So, yeah, um, So yeah, it's, it, it varies from, from club to club, really. But, yeah, look, they, it's, it's more about leading by example as well. Yeah. So,
0: OK, so they've arrived, they've changed, they've read to their rules, you've done their first team talk, they then go out. What, what happens in that period when they're out on the pitch? You know, what, what, what's the aim
1: of, of what you're trying to do out there? Well, the warm-up itself, well, look, it's, yeah. well most, first and foremost is to get the players' heart rates up and just to get them, their bodies moving in the way that they will do on the, you know, during the game. So, the football action, so uh, jumping, twisting, turning, sprinting, that sort of stuff. And then, obviously, um, just to, to kind of let them have the ball and um, play opposed, the smaller opposed games. So they have to make decisions. So you're warming their brains up as well. So it's not just about the body, it's also about their brain, you know? So, you know, they, you, know you play, I don't know, six V four, you know, uh, possession game. Mm. And uh, so people have to make decisions. Okay, so that's kind of really all it's about. I mean, it's some people's warm ups, they go on for for hours for a yeah. long time and they put out a lot of cones and make it look like a runway that an aeroplane might land on. But, this, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, sometimes the best thing that's happened is that, you're, you know, you're running a little bit late because it's a midweek game away and everything's running a little bit behind schedule. And you just have a, a 20-minute blast. I think, like, we did it up at Enfield. We had, like, a 20... Mm-hmm. I took the players on a 20-minute, just a, a very quick, uh, mm-hmm. intensive warm-up. And uh, so then, then they're ready to play. Yeah. So have you ever
0: um, had a situation where you've had a player that... Um, just won't warm up. Uh, but he's good enough that it's a difficult situation
1: because it's like, okay, no, 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 you know, no. It's this. The players know they've got to warm up. Some players will slightly do they take a detour on some of the things that's going on, which I don't mind. So some of the more senior players, they might feel that they need a little bit of extra time to do something that's that their body needs. And I I don't have a problem with that because they, you know, someone like Frankie Chappell, you know, who's played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games of football. You know, I I know that that come kickoff, Frankie's going to be ready to play. But during the warm-up, Billy Medlock's another. They might just want to do something, a a slightly different stretch or something slightly different to what everybody else is doing. Not for long, but maybe 30 seconds. And then they join in with everybody else. And listen, I I don't have a problem with that. So it's it's more sometimes of just doing something personal before yeah. you come back in again and you know like i said it's that's their way of preparing but basically the warm-up is just a, just make sure your heart rate's up and just preparing physically and also with your thinking
0: yeah have, have you ever had a situation where we've been playing away somewhere that we've been so delayed or you've been so delayed getting there that there's been no
1: opportunity to warm up many years ago for where you and i first met yeah uh, i was at thamesmead town mm-hmm. So it's was 10, 11 years ago. And we, had a, we drew in the FA Trophy with Haybridge Swifts on a Saturday. We drew at home 0-0. So we had to go there on a, on a Tuesday night. And it was murders getting over the Dartford Bridge, the Dartford, through the Dartford Tunnel into Essex. And I was the first to arrive at the grounds at 7.15. It was the 7.45 kickoff. So literally, the game didn't kick off, I don't think, until about half past eight somewhere like that. Literally the players who were all in a minibus all sort of arrived at the same time. There's one or two that arrived earlier. But we literally got changed. We went out, warmed up for literally seven minutes and started the game. And it was actually an incredible night because um, it was 1-1 at 90 minutes and we were down to 10 men. All right. We then went into extra time. So this point is way past 10 o'clock. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and we scored and went two one up, and the lad who scored, a guy called Lee Dawson. Oh, he he, called, Cray Yeah, Cray Wanderers and now Ashford, isn't he? I think. Yeah, him, yeah. yeah. Lee, Lee scored and he, he he was he'd already been booked, and as he took his top off to celebrate, so he <laughs> got another red, he got another yellow and was off. <laughs> so we're down to nine men, still with um, a whole half of extra yeah. time to play, and uh, so we're nine men, and but we, we held out and won the game two one. I think we got out of there in the end about eleven o'clock. And then going back into, into Kent, over the bridge, it was shut. <laughs> I, I got home at about half past two in the morning. Oh God. But listen, when you've won, it's, uh, yeah. thing, I think that's the standout one. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think we had a similar one a couple of years ago at Tilbury, um, where there was an issue where I think that about four or five of the players who had come direct were there. And no, I think we had seven players and Tilbury were trying to insist that we start the game. I bet they were. And eventually we got like, I think we started with 10 and then a couple more players arrived and we and that was an FA, I think it was FA Trophy again. We won that, but again, it was one of those ones where it's like me and Barry looking at each other saying, thinking, all right, here's our chance guys, this is going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to
1: make our debut. <laughs> That's why I always think that, you know, as a manager, even though I'm 45, I should always sign on because just in case I have to start a game in the middle of five yeah. minutes. Just yeah. But, you know, obviously you don't want to. No, no, it's fine. OK, so
0: what's the, what's the another nightmare scenario? Is it, you know, your key player injured in that final warm-up? Or is it reading that opposing team sheet and seeing a name that you didn't want to be on there that's on there? Um,
1: that's a good question, actually. Do you know, do you know what, right? When you, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen very often, but, you know, when you lose a player in the warm-up, and you have to make a change. It's normally not that bad because the person you know, you've got, you've got a squad for a reason, mm. and you know another player can come in and because, and, they, and they know the job, you know, because they've been part of the training process in the week and, and before that. So it's not too much of of an issue. It can be a bit. It, I find I always find it quite sneaky that teams do that, you know. and and, and there was one particular team in the National League South last season. They were, you know, they were always sneaking signings, like announcement at like two ten, and you're just thinking, you know, it's a, I, I, it does, it does annoy you a little bit. Although you, you know, sometimes you see, you see a player, and you think, well, hang on a minute, he doesn't play for them. Well, hang on, is he just signed for them? And, yeah. you know, and you know who he is. You think, oh right, so he must have signed. But again, you know, just because they bring in a new player, it doesn't mean they're going to change how they've been playing in terms of the team. Yeah. So preparation is still valid. Yeah. the only difference might be if you know the player which you know 99 times out of 100 I tend to yeah you can say to the to, to your to, the if it's a forward you can say to the centre half look this is what he is this is what he does yeah. yeah and they probably would have played against him at some point so need need I'd probably say I don't know maybe losing a player can, is probably more hmm. although only, but again it's not really a a big thing it doesn't happen that often and you just deal with it yeah
0: so, how easy during the game then is? So, you've you've done your team talk. You've worked out all the, the how to play against a particular team. Ten minutes into the game, it, it's not working. How easy is it to change things?
1: Um, it, it isn't. It isn't. You know, one of the you know, it's unusual. I mean, I I don't know if I'd change something ten minutes in. You normally just need to tweak something. That hasn't been working from what you've rehearsed in the week, yeah. Whatever that might be, but you know, to be able—if you need to change things around, for example, if you're playing three-five-two and you change it to four-three-three, players—they—they they understand, you know. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's if you—you know—you when you need to do something, make a tactical tweak, as it were. You know, it's always—it's not never a big one. It's always something because you don't want players to go, "What's going on here." You know, yeah, you go right, it's okay, right? We're playing this way now. I get this, and I know my role in it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I remember like when I was at Eastbourne Borough, when uh, I became the interim manager there, we played away to Dartford. And I said to the players at half time, I said, Look, we're we'll stairs, we we were, I can't remember what we were, four, two, three, one, or something like that. And I said to them at half time, Look, and see how the next 10 minutes goes. but... If you if you get a signal for me from the bench, I want you to go to a three five three five two, I think it was. And I put it on the board and I said, this is what where everyone's gonna be. And so after about eight or nine minutes, I decided I wanted to do it. So I made the signal and literally it was it was really weird to watch. Everyone just it was a break in play and everyone just went yeah. like that. Yeah. And got on with it. And you know we we started to take Dartford apart at that point. Yeah, and um, the funny thing was, after the game, one of the players, Dartford players who I knew well, said to me that nobody knew what was going on because all of a sudden everyone just did that. Yeah, and, and you, you know, whoa, 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 what's what's happening here? You know, so sometimes you try to predict something. Do you, do you know what I mean? Or you have a feel like I had a feel that day at Dartford that we needed to do mm-hmm. that, but when it's generally in game, you try to keep it simple. Because mm-hmm. you don't want players. To, what you don't want is players spending all your time talking to you. Yeah. What, what should I be doing here? Yeah. You See what I mean. So, you know, when you have time to train a lot, you know, you it's, you know, you have a particular playing style and uh, maybe a favoured formation, but you always maybe would speak and make sure or sometimes rehearse and make sure players understand that if you need to do something different, then you can rehearse it as well. So, mm-hmm. it's just about how you prepare as well. Okay. Um, so let's go to
0: the, the other sort of situation that you want to make a substitution for tactical purposes. What's your thought process? How do, you, how do you determine that? And, you know, so
1: how do you then bring a player up to speed before they get on? Well, one of the key things to do is that when, when the game's being played is that, you know, you can ask turn to your substitutes and ask them tactical questions. Yeah. Do you see this? Do you see that? What do you think of that? Which, which, which is easier said than done because it depends what's happening on the pitch. So, um, but you know, a lot, a lot of the time, you know, you, you make a substitution depending on. You, you, I can't give you a, a clear answer because every game is different, every situation yeah. is different. But it's being able to spot something uh, that need that might need changing that could strengthen you, um, or you know. But in terms of if you see a player, st- you know, is, is, is not, you know, in the first half, you know, when you lose the ball, he's sprinting back. Yeah. And he gets the 65th minute and he's a little bit more laboured, then that suggests that he's tired and needs to come off, whether he wants to or not, because he's not joining in the, the transition to defending, you know. But and then in terms of the substitutes to come on, yeah, you, you give them a bit of information. Sometimes that might be the, the, you might say, give them a little bit of extra information to pass on to the team. Mm -hmm. you know but generally I like to try and quiz the players because it makes I want to make sure they're watching the game so that leads me on to a really
0: interesting question so they're sitting in the dugout that is the worst place to
1: be watching a game from isn't it 100% yeah of course it is you know (laughs) in an ideal world you have a member of staff sitting up in the stand yeah you know just relaying information down to you and, and, and opinions and views and But you know, from you know, if 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 we were all set up in the stand, the players do need help.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Do you, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. when there's breaks in play and there's a water break because someone's injured or something. You know, to be able to just make it. That's you know, going back to the tweaks. Sometimes you, that's that's the ideal time to make the tweaks. Yeah. You know, or you know, you know, the captain will come over and you'll have a a, a quick discussion about something. Do, do you know what I mean? And it's but you need to be there, you know, because. Whilst you, you know, you can't die. You can't make players' decisions for them. That's what they're on the pitch for. You coach yeah. them to make decisions throughout the week, but you know you're there to to support them, yeah, to to be there for them, you know, to encourage them, to help them, that 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 sort of thing. And I can't, you can't do that from the stand. But I think, but I think it's, it is good to have someone with a different view.
0: Yeah. So, so therefore, you know. During the hotter months, are you therefore
1: in favour of the cooling breaks? Well, yeah, because when it's like super hot, you've got to take fluid on board. But it also and gives you that opportunity
0: to have, the, have a word as well, doesn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I suppose, you know, like last bank holiday May was scorching, wasn't it? Sorry, uh, August was scorching. Yeah. And I remember at Welling, we played Tunbridge Angels on the, on the bank holiday Monday and it was something ridiculous, like 36, 37 degrees in the stadium. And uh, the referee was sensible. So, like, every, if, if there wasn't an injury, if, if anybody needed treatment, that was a water break, sensible. Yeah. There was a period of time we've gone on where there wasn't. The referee was like, well, everyone have a drink. And it is good because it means you can uh, talk more secretively, should I say, in, yes. in what you're saying. Because, you know, if like, you're standing there shouting, well, you know, then you're telling the opposition what you're doing. Yeah. It's, believe it or not, not everybody can work out what you're doing. Yeah, you know, obviously, I'm not going to name names or anything like that. You know, but, um, some some people are, some managers and coaches are more clued up than others, should we say? Yeah, but, yeah, in business, but it's also for a sensible. You can't expect players to go forty-five minutes in heat without a drink, or even at any point without a drink. At. So you you also put drinks around the pitch. Yeah. So that's an
0: interesting sort of little side question. There, do you ever have you ever used like code or coded words? To get instructions across on the pitch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The the, the key one was set place. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which team was it was with now, but we had a, a free we, we had a free kick uh, routine that if it was about f- anything between five to ten yards out of the penalty area, but not central, so it's either to the left or to the right, we'd load it, we'd, we'd set it up. To make it look like it was going to do, the ball was going to be delivered to the back post for the centre yeah. house to try and score a header, and the, the cue for it, I would stand on the edge of the dugout and I would shout, "Stick it on the back post." Right. right. So that was the cue. So everyone yeah. now, because I've screened it, everyone thinks, "Well, yeah. it's going on the back post," but it was a code, and we'd do something completely different and, and shoot or score. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, you, you do, but not, but probably more from, I don't know, maybe in that situation more than any other I suppose yeah. Lewis used to use a free
0: kick and it, it had some success where and it was from the edge of the penalty area where two players that they would run from different angles to, to look at trying to hit the ball and then they would both stop and stare at each other and yeah. start like gesticulating with their hands and it was all part of as soon as they started gesticulating that's when the players started moving and then one of them would literally turn and whip it in yeah. and that worked really well But the funny thing was I think I've seen it Maybe two or three away games Where the home fans Started laughing Because yeah. they thought And it wasn't It was all a playing
1: Yeah I, I mean there was Many 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 years ago I was at a club called Holmesdale Who at the time Were step five Yeah And, and uh, we had a free kick It was similar So I had a, I'd have two players With their back to goal Yeah uh, Stood next to each other And one of them Had the ball at his feet And then somebody else Would be lined up And he'd run in to, to shoot and obviously stop and he'd start gesticulating. Someone would then push that player. Everyone starts laughing. But then the ball sets, someone turns and shoots. And we scored yeah. somewhere like Croy- oh wait, Croydon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said to the player, like we had a corner I brought in with the players last season. Yeah. They had to be like a, like a train, like a queue. Right? Yes. Which lots of people use. But I made them bounce. You must have seen it. I made them bounce together. Nice up down, up, and down because it's so off-putting and people go, and, and then you, you explode off yeah. in different directions, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so funny yeah. enough, funny,
0: funny enough, two. Uh, so on my Facebook every day, I put something up that's this day from whenever it was. Yeah. Two years ago today, we scored two goals in the first fifteen minutes at Corinthian Casuals. One Frankie, one Lloyd Cotton, from the train corner. Yeah. I got and I, funny you enough, know, I had them both on video, and it's like, ah, yeah, two so years ago.
1: Thing. <laughs> I, had another, I had another one I used to use that was a stutter so yeah. players would start the run they'd berate the corner taker and they'd turn their back to walk back away Yeah. and then they'd go again and I said this is I don't know whether I should say this and, <laughs> but I said to a player well, we need a name for it and someone came up because it was a stutter they came up with Gareth Gates <laughs> the ball, 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 Gareth Gates yeah great singer by the way Gareth if you're listening <laughs> love your work you yeah know. I think some of our players may not even know who Gareth is. That's how long ago it was.
0: (laughs) So, uh, as a coach, then, are you happier? Would you be happier with a really textbook performance, the players doing exactly what they've asked, but we lose to a really controversial goal, or we win through the luckiest goal in the world, but they've not followed a game plan?
1: Well firstly I'm going to say that you know when you have an opportunity to coach your team from scratch that no team of mine will ever be off the cuff and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> listen we we're, we're in the business of winning. Yeah all right um and I think I'd have to take the points. I I would listen I've I've been quite open about this over the years. I'd rather have 5% possession and win. <laughs> and have 95% and lose. Brilliant. <laughs> Remember that? Listen, you. that's why I'm here, I'm, I'm here at your football club to, to yeah. try some games, right? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, we've played some nice stuff, don't get me wrong, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm I'm judged on, and every manager yeah. is, is judged on wins. In an ideal world, you play beautiful football and you win. Yeah. But uh, awesome. yeah, I take the win all day long. All day long.
0: Right, on, on that note, I think that's good enough for this session. I think that's really good. Thanks again, Hugo. Really appreciate no that.
1: No problem. Um, Always uh, we'll,
0: we'll uh, Perhaps we'll do post match next week and uh, sure. get into uh, what happens post match and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd <laughs> be fun. That'd be
1: fun. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you.